Hi, this is Ryan, and thanks for joining us for I Missed It. We want to hear your opinions, too. You can find us over on Twitter at I Missed It Pod. Let us know if you're watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer along with us, whether it's for the first time, like me, or the fifth time. This show would not exist without the support of Ghostlight Media and our patrons. Thank you all so much for your support. You can find the rest of the shows on our network at ghostlightmedia.net. That's all for now. Enjoy the show. Welcome to I Missed It, the podcast where we watch a show that one of us wanted to watch again and the other missed entirely. I'm Ryan, and I have still missed it. I'm Brittany, and I still haven't. I guess I shouldn't put so much emphasis on still. This is only the fourth episode. (laughs) Well, it is Buffy Season 1, Episode 4 today. We just finished watching it. Uh, This episode is Teacher's Pet. Emphasis on pet, because this episode's all about bugs. Bugs aren't pets. I guess they are if you're a biology teacher. I guess. I don't consider the bugs in our house pets. No. We make our pet kill them. So this is episode four, Teacher's Pet. IMDB says, Buffy's biology teacher is killed by a giant praying mantis that assumes the form of a beautiful substitute teacher. This thing is the most TV show thing. They've done such a good job so far being like, look, a strong female lead in a fantasy show, and we're not going to play into stereotypes at all. And then they give Xander an episode. How else were they going to give Xander an episode? Still not a fan of Xander. But I felt bad for him this episode. It was about 42 minutes of just dunking on Xander. Pretty much the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing. Poor Xander. There's a sentence I never <laughs> thought I'd say. Uh, IMDB gives this episode of the show uh, a 7.1, which is the lowest of the four we've seen so far. I'm giving this one a generous 5.5. I mean, that's nicer than me. I generously would give it a five. Oof. I hate this episode. So you uh, remembered this one? Yes. Rem- a lot. Remembered it because you didn't like it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's not great. I don't like it. It was not great. But we have a new segment on the show because there was, in fact, an angel sighting. There was an angel sighting. Or wait, hold on. Hold on. There was an angel sighting. And then we'll put in like harps. Not the theme song for Angel. Maybe the theme song for Angel. had an angel sighting which is the only thing i care about on this show right now because it's the most interesting part of the show mm-hmm. and nothing happens he gave her his coat so you know i literally wrote down the classic season one angel look of the white v-neck with the black jacket and i even put jacket in quotations because it depends on 
what he feels like wearing that day that's black. Well, it wasn't even a V-neck. It was like a tank top. No, the second time. Oh, the second time at the end of the episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was the white V-neck with the black sports coat. coat. (laughs) Um, But earlier in the episode, he made a show of very chivalrously giving Buffy his very leather jacket black leather jacket to wear when really they just wanted to give an excuse to just have David Boreanaz in a tank top. Yes. And he's not as, I mean, like, obviously he's probably the most physically fit human on that show. Oh, no question. But still nowhere near where he is when he starts Angel. Which is three years out at this point. But we had an Angel sighting. Two of them. He was, had a second scene. He shows mm-hmm. up to be like, hey, what's up? Watch. I'm sorry. I also have a new favorite character. He dead now. But all hail fork guy. <laughs> fork guy. All hail fork guy. Oh, that was good. I. Oh, that was good. Poor man's Wolverine. And he only had one, too. It was just the one hand yeah. that had the... But then he also, you know, was a vampire. So he had two in his mouth or four in his mouth. <laughs> Well, yeah, but those were metal. No. I mean, they could have been. <clears throat> I don't think Vampire they were. with metal fangs. There's some X-Men energy right there. Yeah. I appreciated Hulu, though, because when we sat down to watch it, it said, you only have 140 left. And I was just like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Buffy's man. Buffy's Beast. This is really long. So let's get into a little bit about what you remembered from the first one. We'll kind of work our way through the episode then. So did you, in fact, remember the cheesy Xander dream? Yes. Yes. It was the best part of the episode. The first 45 (laughs) seconds. I mean, I think it's really uncomfortable. (laughs) I enjoyed that part of the episode because it's the best acting in the show. Because Sarah Michelle Gellar got to pull out her soap opera. Yes. Acting. Well, that's all she knew how to do at this point. Yes. It was very obvious from the get-go this is what they were doing. But it was the first time I was like... Oh, those are acting beats. Oh, look, they know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, this is a cheesy dream sequence. This is a love-struck fantasy. Oh, now I got to watch forty-two minutes of not this. Let's go. Okay, let's go back to not acting. I suppose. Let's just try to get all of our lines out as quickly as possible. And it's not even Gilmore Girls. They're not even trying to get out their lines as quickly as possible. No, and at least on Gilmore Girls, it's... <clears throat> they act? The, well, they act, but also they know how to deliver large chunks of dialogue. But also, the thing that the writing on Gilmore Girls did, they didn't give just one person a lot of dialogue really fast all the time. Yeah. Lorelai and Rory do it. So you can have the back and forth and mm-hmm. you see it happen. So it's a trait of the family. In Buffy, Buffy's the only one who does it. Yeah. And it just gets old. Mm-hmm. It just gets old. Like to the point that she can't act because she has to get all of these words out in a set amount of time, it feels like. Mm-hmm. It has to get better. Either she has to get better at it or they have to change the writing. Right. So what else did you remember? You said you remember this episode. You remembered the... I remembered basically everything. Basically There's nothing everything. in it that I saw that I was like, oh, I forgot that. Better or worse the second time. Or not the second time. Better or worse the whatever time this is. Um, better simply because I was taking notes for this. Yeah. And <laughs> I could actually like 
write stuff down that bothered me. <laughs> well, what bothered you? A lot of things. A lot of things. Okay, great. <laughs> because oh. this actually goes into the next thing of what we're going to talk about, of whether or not we can do this episode now. <laughs> no, no, you can't. Um I, the short answer, spoiler, you can't. You no. can't you cannot do this episode this way anymore at all. We'll get into that though. We move on and the guy who plays the biology teacher plays uh Mr. Uh, Gregory. Mr. Gregory, Dr. Gregory, sorry. There's a guy named William mm, saying the last name Ron Monaghan, maybe? Maybe. Apparently, he played a professor on Felicity as well. This dude was in Star Force. But man, he gave a great... Man, there was like two minutes of like, oh, yes, I like this guy. Oh, right. He dead. Yes. He's super dead. But it was great because it was was a good teacher who cared about the students, who wanted to make the connection, and there was a positive example of teaching. Kind of like... Last episode was like, these are actual cheerleaders who actually know what they're doing and we're portraying them in a positive, mostly positive light and it wasn't falling into tropes and stereotypes. And they were doing it again. I was like, cool, this is a great teacher. This is a great example and no, he's dead. Oh, he's, he's super dead. Yep. Great. Yep. Rip Dr. Gregory. Uh, The angel sighting comes in at 7 minutes 30 seconds. I wrote it down. We got some 90s lines. It said Big Fib, I think was what I caught in the middle of a uh, Buffy uh, mouth word vomit. You know. Then we had, oh gosh, we're even just kind of glazing over all of the really poor sexual innuendo dialogue in this episode. Oh, it just wasn't well, good. Well, they said, like, how many times have you scored? I don't even know. If I've ever heard that in a television show or movie besides this episode of Buffy. Maybe on like Disney Channel original movies or something like that. Like that's the kind of energy I got from this. It's like, hey, we're going to talk about sex and we're going to talk about attractiveness and we're going to talk about physical characteristics and we're going to talk about all of this, but we're going to be either very uh, 12-year-old about it or very almost scientific about it and neither work and neither are good yeah there was there's just a lot like do high schoolers now think it's okay to try to sleep with their teacher no you wouldn't do that you can't do that as the episode that's the whole okay so let's just move on to that let's just talk about that because the episode's bad this is a bad episode so let's talk about some of the things maybe specifically that wouldn't work now and do you, we can talk about the teacher sleeping with students part and everyone being okay with that part of it? Yeah. Like, the problem is that she's going to kill him, not the part that she's having sex with multiple students Or I li- out of nowhere. And no <laughs> one knows who she is. I literally put, because it's okay for your child to go to their teacher's house. Like, Willow calls Xander's mom looking for Xander, or calls Xander's house looking for Xander. His mom tells Willow, oh, he went to his teacher's house, but I don't have an address. To do a science project at 7.30 at night. No. No, 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 no. I mean, granted, like, I went to my teacher, I went to one teacher's house multiple times. 
But not the substitute teacher. But not the substitute science teacher to do a science project. Yeah. And my dad dropped me off there and knew where I was. I wrote down, if you do a version of this script now, it's wildly different. But it would almost have to be, instead of the substitute teacher, you would almost have to do a transfer student. Yeah. You would probably have to do something slightly different because nowadays on a TV show, they're probably not going to do the older woman with younger guys. You're going to have to do the transfer student with similarly aged guys or you make a, a, some sort of LGBT statement like about a, the whole thing and it becomes... Like a uh, senior with freshmen. There's not a good way to do this. It's one of those episodes that... If this was halfway through season five and you go, okay, they ran out of ideas. But this was idea number three because the first two episodes were one story. Then they did the last one about the cheerleaders. Yeah. And they did the whole body switch thing and it kind of worked and it was cool. And then now they're like, all right, cool. We're going to do giant praying mantis. Or it's like right before this, they got picked up. Or, like, right before they wrote this episode, or right before they decided to pull the trigger on this episode, they got picked up and they were like, okay, this episode sucks. We're going to do it now Mm -hmm. because we've already been picked up and it's kind of a filler. Yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't work. You wouldn't even do this plot now. It just doesn't work at all. No. Like, even the teacher student relationship, like, relationships like that don't work now. I hate them. They drive As a me. plot device? Yes. Yeah. Like, they did it on Riverdale. It made me angry. I also talked about, like, the... Something else that doesn't work now, and maybe it just... I don't understand because I work in an elementary school. But, like, permanent records, do those exist? You mean Buffy's or the, the substitute teachers? Like, student permanent records. Student permanent records? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's a thing. Okay. That's we have files. Yeah, student permanent records. I mean, it would be it would be done differently now because everything's digital now. Okay. So, like, the idea of your permanent file, like, you would have probably gone to your previous school. So, Buffy would have taken her file from her previous school to her current school, and that would have been something, like, her mother handed in when she enrolled in the new school. Okay. Like, that that's absolutely something. Well, I know we, like, call to get records. Like, we have a records request and all that stuff, but you can never guarantee that it's... Accurate. Accurate and has everything. Sure, and that's always the problem. I mean, what's to stop someone from pulling something out, especially when it's just paper? Yeah. And unless you speak to the person who knew, you don't know. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Gregory mentioned her permanent record her permanent record her permanent file i think it's a little tropish too because it's an easy way to sum up someone's entire past life especially when they're a student and just say your permanent record or your permanent file or yeah i was bothered by dr gregory's corpse being found in a freezer during lunch no one had opened the freezer before lunch. Before lunch. No. No, no, no. That's not how that works. No. But also, like, TV shows always give a lot of crap to the 
lunch ladies or lunch people yeah. anyway. So. Yeah, so. And that's not accurate. Like, literally nobody has lunch people that are like that. No, it's just a, it's a TV trope. Yeah. Today's throwaway character that stood out was Blaine. And, my God, that was a good jock walk. <laughs> he had that strut down. He watched Grease a couple of times, and he did his very best Danny Zuko, right down to the hair. Like, he had a hair thing that he did. Yeah. It wasn't, like, super greasy, like, you know, Grease. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, gosh. I just, he did it, and I laughed a little bit. I appreciated that. He didn't have to show up for work that day and actually perform. No one else did, but he did, and that makes me happy. Can I give my shout out? Yes, then? Give because your, yes, yes. I had a completely different one. Okay, what's yours? Principal Flutie does a really great principal. <laughs> that guy's great. I love Principal Flutie. He like was the most anxious. He cares so hard. Yes, and it just reminded me of like the days in which everything is happening and there's so much going on. Every single principal that I've worked with acting exactly like that, like coming into my room or something and being like, well, today, or like, I don't know, just today was a crapshoot. Let's do a better tomorrow. (laughs) And that's exactly what he was doing. So I literally wrote Principal Flutie does a great principal. That guy's great. Principal Flutie, A+. plus. Yes. Well done, sir. He cared so hard. Like, he was sweating. Mm-hmm. He cared so hard that he was sweating and, like, getting worked up because she had, uh, Buffy had to go talk to the counselor because everybody has to talk to the counselor so that the healing can start or whatever the line was. Weird transition, though, because we have this great Principal Flutie part and then they work so hard to make Cordelia unlikable. So hard. They go out of their way. Like, they didn't have to have the continuation of that scene of Buffy sitting down outside the office and hearing Cordelia talk to the counselor. We didn't need that at all. But instead, we get probably a good 40 seconds of her just being the worst. And I think that is a really big testament, to be honest, um, with Charisma Carpenter. Because if she would not have done that like that, they would have cut it. Because Probably. we don't That's, need it. Yeah, no, we don't need it. But they're working so hard to yeah. make her unlikable. and they, But they purposefully do it in every episode. Mm-hmm. I and think some, Charisma Carpenter is great. I, I like her a lot. So I forgot how much you're supposed to hate Cordelia until you're not. Which will happen eventually. Yeah. You're, I understand. Eventually you're supposed to hate her until you're not. And right. That, Which is obviously something that they're doing on purpose. They're mm-hmm. setting it up. And they're... They're doing a good job of setting it up. Can feel forced, though, because it's all she's doing. Yeah. Like, she was a bad driver in the last one. Now she found she found the body in the freezer yeah. accidentally because she had a doctor's note for a special lunch or something that yeah. was some kind of weird thing. Her parents are very California. <laughs> Incredibly. <laughs> she had a line about, I found the dead body... And then I lost seven and a half ounces. And maybe teachers... I'm not, I'm not saying... saying <laughs> I'm not saying teachers should die. Every day. So that I lose weight, but you have to but, look on the bright side. Jeez. She's the worst. 
Which is saying She's something. the worst, but I love her. She's Xander's usually the worst, so congratulations, Cordelia. You are now the worst. <laughs> My Giles-isms. He was very will. British. <laughs> uh, super British today. He talked to his uh, old friend from Oxford. and His friend's uh, name is Carlisle. Carlisle. You can't even say it without falling into it. Um, but Giles has some standards because that was the cleanest pitcher of water I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like there were no water rings, there were no marks, there were no fingerprints, there was no nothing. Like that thing was pristine off the glass blower, mm-hmm. freshly <laughs> filled with water. The glass was too, that mm-hmm. the water was then immediately poured into and he, he cradled like he wanted it to be whiskey. Good job, prop department. You found the cleanest glass pitcher. I just assume that that means that they used the first take. <laughs> yes, yes, they used the first take of that one. <laughs> the Giles-ism is um, computer invasion. Computer invasion as a term for hacking. I like it. I like it a lot, and I'm going to use it. It's great. Thank you, Giles. That is something that I missed because I didn't. I don't remember that. <laughs> it was right after Willow is going to hack the... The morgue to get uh, the pictures of Dr. Gregory so they can see. Oh, yeah, because my brain was going, it that takes autopsies take like weeks. Yeah, not hours. Not at that point. At that point, it had been hours. It might take like maybe a couple days if they were trying to rush the autopsy, but it had not been been a day. Yeah, it usually takes weeks. I I found out recently that it takes weeks. Apparently, Giles. And Willow knew because they know everything. Yeah. And sorry, they called Willow Will. Like they the, do that a lot. They oh, they mm. that's a thing. They're yeah. gonna keep doing that. Oh, yes. okay, I'll get used to it. They said it, they called they called her Will, and I went, Will Smith isn't in this show. And I don't know why that's where my brain went, but I was like, No, no. there's no. I'm confused now. Well, because her name is two syllables, you to so, give nicknames, you cut down to one. And they can't call her Low? No. No? Okay. That's the 90s. Illo? That's two syllables. Yeah, but it's shorter. It's not just like they, I didn't say it was better, it's just shorter. <laughs> and just like Buffy, they call her Buff sometimes. Not a lot. More, like, less than they call Willow Will. But granted, they never call Xander Zan. It's just Xander. <laughs> Because that is a nickname. Yes. Giles would be Jai? No. No, they just call him Giles. Giles. Because that's not even, that's his last name. Mr. Giles. Mr. Giles. His name is Rupert Giles. So I do have to give a shout out to the filmmakers for the foreshadowing they did at the end. Until I saw the note on IMDb that the foreshadowing never pays off. Yeah, I I made a note. It never comes up. (laughs) I and said I'm mad. the shot at the end means nothing, and I'm pretty sure that they do that uh, more than one time in Buffy. When the, they're like, oh, look, here's mm-hmm. a little yes. hook, and then a nothing. Yes, because I That's distinctly remember another episode that I also hate because it's stupid that is kind of similar to this one. Where they do something very similar at the end and nothing happens. Oh, that's the worst. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but I would kind of just chalk that up to being a Joss Whedon thing where he's like, haha, I'm going to tease them and they're going to look for it forever. 
every time they do something in the show that I'm like, oh, that's good. I like that. I want that. There's something else about it that takes away from it. Mm-hmm. Like, like they do all the fighting. They're like, we're going to do this character and she's going to win every fight possible. She's going to destroy everyone. She's going to be just awesome. And then the fights suck. Yeah. So in this episode, the fights still kind of suck, but you can't tell because you can't see anything. Yeah, they're really dark. Because they're so dark. Like, probably the best part of this episode is the praying mantis rig. The costume or the puppet or the whatever it was. That was probably the coolest part of this episode. But you can't see it. Mm -hmm. Because the only time you ever see it is when it's dark and they shot it so dark. To the point that it was almost jarring when they did the, the when they killed the praying mantis and they do it in silhouette on a wall and you see the shadow yeah. and all of a sudden it's bright enough so you can see the shadow because it's how they wanted to shoot it but it hasn't been bright for like a good ten minutes yeah. at that point. I think it gets better because they do film a lot in the dark because well, it's vampires yeah it shows about it's, vampires it's vampires so you have to you have to do it at night so i'm pretty sure that that gets better i hope so because you miss a lot like yeah it did hide the fighting this time the shadows did yeah so it worked better for how they had done it because you can't see it necessarily so you don't see all the mistakes you don't see them miss yeah but then you don't get to see the full praying mantis rig either yeah our last segment is ryan predicts poorly after watching episode four i'm gonna predict in episode five what is episode five called maybe that'll help with this prediction episode five something about you don't date episode five never kill a boy on the first date cool I'm going to predict that Buffy goes a whole episode without killing someone. Maybe. It'd be the first time that's happened. Yeah, that's all I got there. I don't think I've been right on any of these yet, but that's fine. I'm going to keep going. I don't remember what you predict for this episode. (laughs) I don't remember what my prediction was for last episode either. Well, that's going to do it for Season 1, Episode 4 of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brittany. And don't forget that bugs are just the worst just the worst please stop writing episodes about them This has been a Ghostlight Media production.